All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. From WNYC, this is New Tech City, where digital gets personal. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, and today, more about you, New Tech City listeners. What makes you tick? What you're worried about and the digital dilemmas that you have. During the Bored and Brilliant Project, we connected with thousands of you in various ways. Long voicemail messages, meaty Facebook and website comments, incredibly personal survey answers. If you don't know about the Bored and Brilliant Project and our week of smartphone challenges, caution. The people you are about to meet in this episode may inspire you to sign up. In which case, go to newtechcity.org slash bored. Our goal was to find out what happens to our creative thinking when we shake up our smartphone habits. Anyway, I really feel like the project brought together a curious, super thoughtful, and opinionated subsection of our population. And so New Tech City's next chapter will be driven in large part by you, because we think our listeners are a leading indicator of where the masses will eventually be headed. So I'm going to pick up the phone, or, well, Skype, actually, and find out more about where your heads are at. All right, everyone. So last week, we talked about the Bored and Brilliant Project. How many of you are going to participate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. This is Joel Adams' class at Stanton College Prep High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Joel heard about the Bored and Brilliant Project on Facebook, and this is him doing Challenge Week with some of his students. And at this point, he's thinking no photo day, Challenge 2, is going to rock their world. I'm not sure if they really comprehend how mediated their daily life is, how many images and Snapchats and Vines and Instagrams they make and send each day. Hi, I'm Christina Lim. And I'm Leah Feingold. A day without photos would be a day without documenting memories that could be looked back on. But it's also a day of being in the moment with friends and family. And being totally involved with what we're doing. Hi, I'm Evan Keel, and if I ever see something cool just going about my life, the first thing I would do is take a photo and share it with my friends. And not being able to do that makes me feel less connected. I'm Genevieve Howard, and every day you don't take a picture is a day erased from history. Joel? Hi, Manoush. Okay, so listen, we heard from Christina, from Leah, from Evan, from Genevieve. How did it go, Joel? I think over the course of the week that all of my students actually learn just how consumed they are with their smartphones and their mobile devices. We have a phrase that we say that the that teenagers today are digital natives, but I don't think that we have a term yet to actually denote 
how exactly teenagers right now in 2015 are utterly intertwined with their mobile devices. It's not as if they go anywhere to seek out online culture. It is always with them already from the moment they wake up all the way until uh, they fall asleep. And what about specifically your students? You had predicted that no photo day was going to be the hardest for them. Did it? Like, what did they tell you? I think surprisingly, like no photo day, they were primed. And I think they were actually really excited with the idea that they would be able to go through uh, a day without a photo. I think the most difficult day for them uh, was the day where they were asked to delete an app. Uh, because even though it was temporary, that was that was almost a bridge too far for them. So what did you observe after they did it? Like, what did you see? Was there like, I don't know, twitching? <laughs> not not twitching, more eye contact, actually. Uh, one of the things that um, we're in a pretty tech-saturated classroom, so they're usually, they're always in front of screens of some sort. And I think part of what this project actually also did was try to highlight for them that, from the, uh, again, from the moment they wake up till they fall asleep, there are always screens in front of them, whether it's their mobile screen, uh, a screen in a classroom, the uh, desk top uh, or a projection screen. And so to actually have them delete an app or to begin to put the phone away from their body was another good one. Uh, you, you saw a lot more of their eyes. They were looking at each other. Uh, and even though they said right next to each other every day, uh, I, it was a different experience, I think, for them. So what's next, Joel? You think they'll stick with it? <laughs> no, I do not think that they'll stick with it. But again, I think that they came out of it with a better self-awareness of how powerful the technology is, but also how empowered they are using the technology. You are such a rock star for letting us in on your uh, classroom and your, your experiment on your students. Thank you, Joel. Absolutely. My name is Jenny Romney. I am living in Salt Lake City right now, and I write. Hey, Jenny. Hi. So, Jenny, I heard that you were a little skeptical about this whole idea of putting down your smartphone. Um, I was skeptical about deleting an app. That's where I kind of chickened out. If, I, if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're saying mm-hmm. is that for challenge day number three, when we asked you to delete an app, um, I, you, you couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's kind of embarrassing and cowardly, I suppose. But yes, that's true. Well, what do you think? Like, just try and like psychoanalyze yourself here. What was mm-hmm. going on in your head as you were like, I- I'm picturing your thumb like hovering over an app. <laughs> I did think about it. Um, my, I have a little sister, and she and her husband give me a hard time about um, being addicted to Facebook. Um, my little sister calls me Miss Social Media. Well, she said, well, you're good at it, which I don't know if that's a compliment or if that's something to be embarrassed about. What do you think she means by that, that you're good at it? I mean, I have a personal rule that I won't post anything on Facebook unless I think that I'll get at least 10 to 20 likes. I don't I mean, I want to be relevant. I want to be funny. And so I'll only post funny things. Wow, you are a type A Facebook user. I guess so. So you're a writer. You understand stories. Do you think that there's a storyline here with you? Did you start in a certain place? Did something happen to you throughout the challenge? And did you end up somewhere different? Hmm, I perhaps in ways, um, the challenge to not look at your phone 
like to keep it in your pocket was one that was really powerful for me. And it was something that I noticed. And I noticed when I stopped using my phone as much than my friends around me, I was more mindful of when they use their phone, but also like if I was just standing there without looking at my phone, that they kind of felt awkward and would put it away. You wait, you shamed yeah. people. Is that what you're saying? Well, not on purpose, but I, I guess when you just kind of look at people while they're using their phones and they feel self-conscious, they stop oh, using I, theirs. Okay. I do that all the time just to mm-hmm. mess with people. I just stand there and look at them to see how long it takes for them to put it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jenny, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a nice day. In a minute, what the pediatrician has been telling his patients and their parents since he spent a week rethinking his relationship with his smartphone. Parents come in with the best of intentions thinking, I'm gonna get a device for my child, I'll let them use the device and they're gonna put educational apps, but soon they kind of lose control over that. This is Manoush Samarodi and New Tech City. We're back and we're hearing stories from you about the Bored and Brilliant Project and just what's on your mind generally when it comes to technology and life. Um, my name is Lea Lavrovicheva. I'm from Bratislava, Slovakia, and I work with children in their free time. Is that Leah? Hello. Yes, it is. Leah, you have to tell me. How did you find out about Bored and Brilliant? From a friend of mine who listened to New Tech City podcast and heard about it on there. Over here, it kind of feels like everyone is on their phone all the time. Is it like that where you are too? So it's definitely a generational gap. People over 45 don't really spend a lot of time on smartphones. Most of them don't even have smartphones, but people under 40 years basically all have smartphones and use them all the time. So among young people, it's definitely not really different from the U.S. Oh, Leah, so if I lived in Slovakia, I'm 41, would I have a smartphone or no smartphone? I think you're cool enough, so you would have one. (laughs) Or stupid enough, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Do you think if you told your friends in Slovakia about the Bored and Brilliant Challenge, do you think they they would think, like, that's some crazy American thing? Or do you think that this is just a global issue? No, I really think it is a global issue. When we meet up with my friends, we have to put our phones down in the middle of the table and say, look, guys, we are going to spend time together. So we are conscious that it is a problem And if I had to ask you what you would like to see us tackle next, what are some of the worries that you have or or dilemmas that you have about technology in Slovakia? That's a really hard question. (laughs) Um, I think the generational gap, it actually makes uh, these two generations really different. And it's quite hard for older people to understand why we are using our time the way we are, how we can live like this. So 
Well, it's hard to say how to tackle this, but I know that this is a problem because when the older generation doesn't use phones all the time, they're thinking about the world and the way they see the world is very different from young Mm. people here. So you would say that there's like a big gap between the part of the population that is connected and the other part that is living in the old Slovakia in a way. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. All right, cool. Just wondering. I'm like, can we call you again if we're like, what does Slovakia think about this? Can we check in with you? Sure. Please do. Awesome. <laughs> Leia, thank you so, so much for your call. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it was really nice to hear from you. Cool. Bye. Bye. Okay. Um, my name is Prashil Govind. I'm a developmental pediatrician and I work at Flushing Hospital in Queens, New York. Hi, is that Prashil Govind? Yes, it is. Hello. Thanks for taking our call. Sure, no problem. Okay, so Prashil, just tell us the story about why you got in touch with me. Okay. Well, you know, I wanted to say because, you know, as a pediatrician, I feel like this bored and brilliant project is indirectly helping children because certainly some of your listeners are parents who have children who also are using devices and children uh, really model behaviors after their parents. And we know that children are being exposed to these devices at younger and younger ages. So, Parents have to be really mindful about how they use these devices in front of their children. So I want to hear from you, like what, you know, I'm one of those parents, right? I'm so like thrilled to hear it from the pediatrician side. Tell me about like what the typical exchanges that you have with, with parents when they come to you, what are they asking about? Parents come in with the best of intentions thinking I'm going to get a device for my child or let them use the device and they're going to put educational apps. But soon they kind of lose control over that. And the, the kids are super engaged by these devices. And so as a result, they're spending more and more time with it. So during my history, when I take a history with uh, my new patients, parents are always telling me when I ask them, you know, what is your child's preferred activity? What do they do in their free time? Uh, they typically respond, oh, they like to be on their computer or play video games or uh, be on their mobile phones. Um, and then I say, well, what else do they like to do? And there's kind of a pause. No. And I th- and I think that uh, it's not that children are not reading or playing or creating or doing some of these other things, but I, I think that devices are just simply consuming more and more of their time. So, I I mean, I have to ask, for Bored and Brilliant, what do you think it was that drew you to the project and and did it change any way that you speak to your patients now? Yeah. So so the thing that I think I had is sort of an epiphany after the Bored and Brilliant project is I've often asked a lot about the children's use of the devices. And this has made me realize that it's really important to get the parents engaged and ask how they use the devices in front of their children because they're modeling these behaviors. So one of the things I will be doing with my parents moving forward is to have them do the uh, Bored and Brilliant Challenge. And of course, I'm going to add a few of my own challenges for parents, which is like, you know, no device time around family activities, starting with the dinner table. (gasps) 
Oh my God, you are going to hack Bored and Brilliant for your patients. I love that. So, so, okay, so here I am. I'm a, well, this is all true. I'm a mom of two. I walk into your exam room and I sit down and I say, you know, Dr. Govind, what can I be doing better for my kids? They're, you know, physically healthy, um, but I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about their attention span. Yeah, so that's become a real cause of concern. One of the things I've seen a lot happen is, and again, this is kind of a recent phenomenon, I feel like. Parents will tell me that, and I, and I see that with my own children. They say, I'm bored. I never thought about saying that to my parents, that I'm bored. Um, and it's because a lot of them are used to sort of defaulting to devices, and they're not using that time to be doing other things like thinking and creating. Um, And I think that it's really sort of affecting some of these cognitive processes. Um, And I think we're going to start to see more research in the next couple of years about how these devices really impact the developing mind. Okay. that's And that brings me to my last question, which is, Mm -hmm. as a physician, do you feel that you're getting enough support from the medical community, from research and the American Association of Pediatricians, in terms sure. of are, are you being given support and also information about how to deal with this from a research point of view? Yeah. Um, so I feel that we really do need a much stronger evidence base to be able to guide parents on the use of interactive media, because certainly parents are asking about it. Uh, parents are sort of frustrated by it. And I think we as pediatricians need to give them really sort of strong advice that's based on the research base. Doctor, is it OK if we schedule a checkup in like six months? Sure, absolutely. Awesome. I want to know like what happens after you make give the prescription of Bored and Brilliant. We'll have to see okay. what the results are. Thank you so much. S- sounds great. And thank you for your good work. When was the last time I picked up the phone and called all my new friends, right? This was great. Everybody, thank you so much for sharing, for guiding us in the months to come. I look forward to hearing from you. So record a message for us on the Voice Memo app on your phone and email it to us at newtechcity at wnyc.org. And now, you remember Nina, don't you? Hi, this is Nina Kachadorian. I'm back. Yep, she's back. If you don't remember Nina, she is the incredibly talented multimedia artist who uses boredom as her muse. Nina designed the final creative assignment for Bored and Brilliant. Hundreds of you did it. You watched a pot of water come to boil, and then you built your dream house out of just the contents of your wallet. And we asked Nina to comb through pages of the photos you sent in on Flickr. And here is her assessment. I think the Dreamhouse project was astonishing. I did not expect to see so many great pictures, uh, but there were so many pictures that my task was very hard. I was certainly struck by the uh, conspicuous number of beach houses. I was also amused by the number of people who drafted their houseplants into service here. I had also mentioned that you should think about a good way to photograph your house, and that in itself had a sort of creative component to it. So one of the most outstanding examples there was the columned house with rolling hills, where the columns on the back of a folded $5 bill became the house itself. And this is what I call getting a lot of bang for the buck. 
the best multi-purpose house was the Animal Rescue and Development Caverns, which sounds a little like a new federal bureau of some kind. I think, however, that my favorite category of house were some of these really beautiful tiny houses. And Manoush, you actually made a very nice tiny house in this category. So I wanted to make mention of a few of those. The Sunnybanks River House on the Allegheny River. The Simplicity Cottage, because it had this lovely orange roof. And the very, very elegant Japanese house and tea house on a hill with a breeze. Those were all ones that really stood out to me. So now, I have to tell you one favorite, which is kind of killing me, but I stepped away from the computer and I waited to see what picture I couldn't stop returning to in my mind. And I have to say, the one I couldn't stop thinking about was the house in Playa Santana, the unplugged house. I know it's cheating to use plants. Don't get upset about this. But I think that when creative pressure forces you to break the rules and it turns out as good as that, it's a very good argument for thinking outside the box and doing what you need to do. And also, I have to say, after this week, the idea of an unplugged house was just irresistible to me. I have seen the light. Thank you, New Tech City. Thank you for having me be a part of this. And thank you all for participating in it. Coming up next week, the creators of the online video series High Maintenance come for a visit, and they weigh in on what they think is ethical and not-so-ethical on-demand TV-watching behavior. Should you watch something that has been pirated or BitTorrent or whatever you want to use? Oh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't want to tell anybody what to do ethically, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. It's funny and find out what they substitute for weed on their set. We get it from Sacred Vibes Apothecary, appropriately named, in uh, Mm -hmm. Ditmas Park. It is a blend called Chillax. If you're liking this podcast and you want to help us out, go tell a friend who you think might also want to listen. Post about New Tech City on Facebook and tag them. And for all you bored and brillianters still craving moral support, we have set up a Facebook group so we can keep talking. You're going to make some like-minded friends there, I promise. This is New Tech City. I'm Manoush Samarodi. Thanks so much for listening. And I want to give special mention to Vanessa for her very... Lovely rumination on watching water boil and how awesome that was, even though her dog was very bored watching her find boiling water awesome to watch boil. That was very inspiring, Vanessa, and thank you for that.